Hello and welcome to the What The Fork Happened This Week podcast in association with Viper Goalkeeping. It seems that Carl and Connor have gone completely missing over the past few weeks, so we are back with the usual crew. I am sorry to disappoint, but via the medium of the internet, tonight, Matthew, we've got first and foremost, Scottish Ian. How's the Smokies and our growth? Ian, you all right? Yeah, I'm good, yeah. Um, I'm off for the rest of the week, so that's a bonus, so yeah, I'm doing fine. And that's why you're in a dressing gown, isn't it? No one can see that. Just a dressing gown. <laughs> Nothing underneath. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> we just have to pretend that it's okay and just crack on with it because it's just awkward if we say anything about you. Should we call it your dangler? Mabobi. <laughs> <laughs> Mabobi, that's it. That's the one. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then we've got, uh, we've got Wearside Jack. Not the yes. Wearside Jack. Just a wayside no. jack. Yes, one of the many, but not the wayside jack, most importantly. <laughs> fully clothed, by the way. Fully clothed and a nice, nice smart shirt on, although you're not be able to see it, but yeah, no dangler. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> the visualisation of everyone watching this now will just be like, so one of them's naked, one of them's in a smart shirt. It's a crack and swingers party, this, but um, <laughs> not as fun. Anyone who's listened to these shows knows for a fact there's no fun in these at all. We're incredibly boring people. That should not do a podcast ever at any point. That's a lie. I think I'm great. Um, so, as always, we start with Sunderland. And this time last week, we were going to win the league with 200 points. Um, <laughs> not going to happen, so it seems. It seems like things have gone a little bit pear-shaped um, in four days, as it does with Sunderland. Um so we got whacked off Pompey, fully deserved. I think we were quite lucky to get away with a draw against Rochdale. Jack, what did you make of the uh, the monstrosity of the, the last two games? Yeah, I thought, you know, everything that we've done well in the last few weeks has basically gone tits up, hasn't it? I mean, we were keeping clean sheets for fun and there. there's five goals in, uh, in two games that we've conceded. Um, looking wide open in positions, conceding very sloppy goals. And uh, no real structure to our play, you know, individual mistakes all over the pitch. Everything that we've done really, really well from now until from the start of the season until now has just got been turned on its head recently with the last couple of games. And I think Portsmouth are a decent team, you know, that you know, there's always going to be close between us and them that deserve the win. And I think probably the Rochdale results are even worse in terms of everyone looked at it thinking, well, we lost to Portsmouth, but pretty much we'll go and, and, and steamroll a Rochdale and get three points. and yeah, I mean, what we can't say we deserve to win at all. Last night, the draw was a fair result. So, two poor performances and poor, poor results, really. To be fair, last night's game kind of reminded me of the Premier League years a little bit. And here is out, here is out. Do you remember when we were in the Premiership and we'd get beat on a Saturday and the players would come out and John O'Shea, it would always be John O'Shea or Billy Jones would do a rallying cry and he'd be like, that's it, we're going to play on Tuesday and we're going to make up for it and we're going to be fine and we'll just turn up and be 10 times worse than we were on the Saturday. Like, that was the Premiership years, but modelled for League One. Like, I just feel like, I don't know, like, he made a lot of changes as well and there's been a, a heck of a lot made about it. Now, we all know that I love George Dobson um, because he's quite obviously the greatest midfielder that we've probably <laughs> ever had. Um but what did you make of the changes, Jack? Uh, strange. I think particularly with Portsmouth, you know, he, he had players playing out of position. Now, I know that was slightly down to the fact we were a bit better at the back with 4-9 was playing out of position in a particularly good game. Um, I heard yesterday, again, you don't know what to pick up on social media these days, particularly in lockdown, social media's gone into overdrive with everything. But I heard yesterday that Phil Parkinson had had a bit of a fallout with Ledbetter and score. Now again, I don't know. You don't know how 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 much you can believe of this type of thing. But there wasn't any Ledbetter, no Ledbetter and no score on on the on the pitch. So I don't know how much to read into that. Um, we went with with Power and, and with with Dobson. Neither of them had a particularly good game. They weren't the only ones. I think Montreal eleven no Sunderland players <clears> had a good game. But I think in terms of during the match, I thought he was very slow to change. And I mean, he took it was, it was 65, 70, 75 minutes or something to change it like that. I mean, any anyone could see, a blind man could say that Sunderland were playing poorly last night. You know what I mean? It, even, you know, at half time, why not hook a couple of them and, and, and give it a roll of the dice? And I thought it was two. I thought the only time was five or ten minutes towards the end, which showed a little bit of energy, bit of creativity, where we'll put them under a little bit of pressure. 
uh, we're hitting the bar with that max power snapshot. But, you know, I think if we'd done that a little bit earlier, maybe we might have had something. I just, yeah, I didn't think he'd cover himself in too much glory. That's a nice part, to be fair. Um, just coming to you about it, we'll go both games as well, Ian, but I just wanted to touch on, I will I will touch on George Dobson, right? Because I, I know obviously I make a song and dance about how much I love him, but I'm, I'm quite <laughs> aware that he's, he's relatively poor. If anyone can't, hint the sarcasm in my voice. I, I don't think he's as bad as people make out, but he certainly was probably his worst game yesterday. I think literally every single pass went to someone else. And the only thing that frustrates me about that is I think because of how bad George Dobson was, Max Powers got away with a lot yesterday. I think Max Powers been poor for a few weeks, but what do you think of the whole performance and, and particularly Max Power and George Dobson, Ian? I think it's... Oh, I think... It really shows up our lack of, um, maybe not so much depth, but just, you know, for Parkinson, you know, we've got midfielders, you know, young ones who could come in, actually do a job um, and give us, you know, you know, different sort of options there to what we've got. Um, you know, Dobson and Power are far too um, they're similar. Um and actually, I think if, uh, you know, Dobson was shocking last night, but... He was terrible, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was. But, um, you know, he's he's played, you know, regularly for us. And, you know, I've seen him play some really good games. Um, yeah. You know, and be fairly steady in, in their others. Um, but, you know, I think... I think you know Parky's actually too too sort of defensively minded in in the, the midfield where you know previously he could have really um, actually you know to put in a, a real their sort of attacking option in our midfield because they're the they're the back three or back five you know were fine you know they didn't need that that sort of cover. Um, you know, and I and I believe we've got you know young young sort of players who who could sort of come in and and they do that. So it just seems you know for me it just seems a waste of our sort of resources. Um, you it's know, just party's too rigid with it. You know, talking about Jack Diamond, I kinda I kinda understand why he hasn't started him now. I'm not going to sit here and lie and tell you that I've watched Jack Diamond at the Harrogate, but um, obviously we had. John said on on this show a few weeks ago, about a month ago, and he said, "I don't want." Because I said, "You know, what, what do you think of him?" He said, "I don't want to talk him up because I'm hoping that he doesn't get his game and can have him back." And I had a bit of a laugh about it. But then I watched him. I thought, "Well, he must be all right." And I watched him against. Um, it was one of the preseason games, and then obviously the Charlton game, and I was dead impressed by his just like. It wasn't like he was unbelievable. It was just a bit of lack of fear. Just someone who carried the ball forward, and he's he's not a wing back either. He's a he's very obviously a winger. And I, I'm not saying chucking him in, sort of, and Daniel chucking him in, sort of every single game week on week and pin all our hopes on it. I think that would be stupid. But for him to not even appear on the bench, um. I don't really understand that, Ian. Why, why do you think they're not appearing? Um, I think, <laughs> I think again, you know, Parkinson t- talks one thing and actually, you know, showing something else. Yeah. So you know, he talks about, uh, you know, well, 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 you know, play young, young sort of players. Um, but yeah, he's not. He's not actually showing that, is he? So. Mm-mm. You know the options are there, and um, you know the the, the under twenty three squad has, um, you know, it looks like there's some, you know, talent there. Are they so, class now? They're the best <laughs> under twenty three well, side that's ever existed well, now. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what you know two wins does. <laughs> but um, I, uh, I, that's because I said I thought us giving Kim Yorker a contract was a stupid idea. So he's basically looked at my tweet because obviously that's the kind of thing he would do. Like, you know, look at my tweet. Um, <laughs> and he's he's obviously gone, Reet, I'm interested now. I'm not going to look like Bambi on ice anymore. I'm going to look like a young Kevin Phillips. Um, <laughs> but at under 23 level. But, you know, 
on on a serious note, like Diamond and, and Neil, when I've seen them, which is minimal, like I, I've been really impressed with them. But I don't. I, I'm at. I don't want to seem like it's this huge crisis because we've had two bad performances. Because realistically, going stuff Gillingham on Saturday, going to be Ipswich on the Tuesday, and all of a sudden we'll win the league with two hundred points again. But um, <laughs> Jack, at, at risk of. <laughs> A risk of throwing a question at you here that's going to get you lynched by the Sunderland fan base for being nowhere near negative enough. Are people just overreacting a little bit? I think we always do. Um, but Sunderland, I think, is, it's always either going fantastically well or crisis end of the world, you know what I mean? And I think I think it was a decent start. I think it was probably a better start than a lot of people were expecting, you know what I mean? And I think that's been mm-hmm. to the downfall a little bit of Parkinson in the team because I think... That's raised expectations of how good we actually are you know we've been unbeaten we've kept what was it five was it five clean sheets in a row Something like that. one goal in the first six games and I think suddenly everyone was like yeah this is what it's meant to be like in League One with Sunderland we're going to course the league and I was like well we've had a good start don't get us wrong but I think when you look at our squad I think it's a playoff squad it's probably the fourth fifth sixth possibly best squad in the league so I think that raised expectations and now suddenly when we've had a bit more of what what's going to be like we've reached our level a little bit more it's kind of bottomed out a little bit and people are like it's terrible you know what I mean I think the reality is well yes these two results have been poor but we were doing better beforehand and now it's kind of split the other way so I think we need a sense of perspective I do I will admit though I am starting to lose a little bit of faith in Phil Parkinson I have tried to back him um, you know, the football is really difficult to watch at times and have in some poor performances. But, you know, he, he, he's been in charge a year and I thought, well, he's, he hasn't had a great deal of luck with the lockdown, you know, because we were starting to improve slightly when we went into lockdown and lost a bit of time there. And I was always told, you know, he's results over style, basically. He's get the job done and if he grinds out results, then fair enough. But the last two performances haven't been great. And, you know, we, we're a year down the line now and I'm starting to think, is he, is he really... Has he really improved us that much, really? I'm not saying sack, sack, sack today, do you know what I mean? But I don't think he's really progressed us forward a great deal. Um, and I think that hasn't helped the situation at the moment. I think Parkinson's always felt, because he wasn't anyone's choice, that he's three or four bad results away from getting pied off. I mean, imagine COVID hadn't happened. God, imagine COVID hadn't happened. Um and after that Bristol Rovers game, we went into the game against Blackpool, got beat against Blackpool as it was. I think it was a Saturday game. And I think it was Peterborough who played the week after. So imagine Bristol Rovers, he, he gets a home draw against, I think it was Peterborough, and gets beat at Blackpool. And we're like ninth or something like that. He can't pin the blame on COVID happening and the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. It would have been a huge crisis again. I mean, it was when we got beat off Bristol Rovers. It always feels like we're like two or three results from a complete crisis with Parkinson, and it just feels like it's never quite going to work out. Um, I always say, if Parkinson was to go, or I always have that argument, if someone was to go, who's the replacement? And I think last year you had Phillips and, and Parkinson, uh, Pearson was what a lot of people thought. But now when you look at the choices for if there was to be a change, some pretty decent choices, to be completely honest. Um, but I'm, I'm not Parkinson out yet, but there's a stat that I read today, and I'll have to double-check it, but I'm pretty certain it's right. Ian, in 41 games, right, mm-hmm. Parkley's won 17. Yeah. So, I mean, is Parkinson two or three results away from feeling some real heat? Um, I think really all comes down to the fact that we are in in League One. You know, it's you know this is our third season now, and as fans, we're not going to be happy till we're out of, of this league, basically. So we're going to you know scrutinise everything, you know, sort of criticise every little bit. Um, you know, and we know you have to earn that right, but surely Sunderland should be a club that, you know, smashes League One, you know? Um, so, 
yeah, I mean, I mean, for party, I mean, like, say, say if he wins the next three, you know, we'll all be happy. And, you know, if we, you know, lose, lose another couple, uh, yeah, we drop down and, yeah, we will be angry because we need, we need out of here, you know, just raw, raw, their sort of emotion, you know, you know, says, you know, we have to get out of League One and they're regardless of, you know, the state of, of the club, they're the playing squad, they're the manager, we should always have enough to actually do that, so... We should be a lot closer with a... I agree with Jack. I think we're a playoff squad, but I think we should be a lot closer to... Well, we're not even in the playoffs at the minute, though. What, we eight or something? Like, yeah. that, that's one thing that amazed me, right? Obviously, we do the Sunday preview show here as well. And um, I spoke to, to Hugh, who obviously I spoke to a few times with Pompey, and it was such a crisis at Portsmouth, like... Like it was the Kenny time to get your jacket and sack it for jacket and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, bloody hell, they're on a downward curve. They're fourth off top. They've won two games <laughs> and they're fourth off top. And and like I think four days ago, they were like wanting to like lynch their manager. We were going to win the league by 200 points. I think you've probably got a point there, Ian. I mean, you, you, you can tell me what you think as well, Jack, but is it just a case of with such a big club in this league, you're naturally always going to be two point two results away from a crisis because the fans just correctly don't accept being League One mediocre. Precisely. I think that's precisely you've hit the nail on the head. I think the fact that Sunderland are at this level sticks in a lot of people's throats. It does, you know, because <clears throat> rightly, in my opinion, I know we're a little bit biased for all Sunderland fans, but rightly, club of Sunderland's size and potential, we should be nowhere near this level. But we are. The bottom line is, you know, we are. We can't get away from it. We're a League One team. And as Ian says, until we earn the right to get out of this league, we will remain a League One team. And I think at this level, there's nobody would accept anything other than a promotion straight away. That's why, ultimately, that Jack Ross lost his job. Phil Parton doesn't meant to come in and get us if not promotion, certainly closer than Jack Ross did. And I know I'm not saying second, but we're a year down the line and I don't think we're any really, we're not really any further forward than we were when he came further, in a year ago. Back. Yeah, I mean, really? you could even argue we're further away now. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying second, but I'm certainly not his biggest fan either. So I do think that something at this level, unless we are winning matches and scoring goals, people, a lot of people won't be happy. And I think... There's, there's, there's no long-term plan in football these days. Nowadays, everyone wants everything straight away. Everyone wants something to be back in the Premier League straight away. Everyone wants us to be progressing as a football club. And I think if, if we were showing signs of getting there, I think people would be a little bit patient. But because you know we're nowhere near it, people are rightly saying, sack them, get rid of them. It's hard to disagree. It's hard to disagree with those fans. You know, you've pointed out that's what was 17 and 41. At this yeah. level, that's, that's power, isn't it? Let, let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. That's a power record. Something at this level in terms of win ratio. Shit, basically, yeah. yeah, it's crap. When you really put it on paper, it's crap. For the record, I'll go on record and say that I don't think you should be sacked at the moment. But um, yeah, I do think we've maybe gone a little bit backwards on the Jack Ross day, so I don't know why I'm saying that. Blind, mm -hmm. blind hope, blind faith, maybe. Uh, maybe a bit of apathy as well of thinking our way. This is this is kind of where it is. But um, before we leave Sunderland, there's obviously, in my opinion, a topic that keeps rearing its head. But I sat and watched Open Goal last night with uh, McGeady. And I think it's pretty obvious I've always been a big McGeady fan. Um, I, I, I like everything that's ever come out about McGeady in terms of like the stuff that you can actually confirm. I've always thought when he spoke on podcasts and when he spoke in interviews, he spoke well. Yeah, he's got a bit of a swagger about him, but he's a, he's a bloody good player. There's, done a, lot of, there's a lot of stuff and I, I've got no issue at all with standards and I think um, he explained himself very well in the podcast. If people haven't listened to it, um, obviously he explains that the way Lewis Morgan said he went in and basically called everyone out about being in League One and all that kind of stuff um, and how it wasn't good enough. And the way Morgan put it across was not correct, basically. And McGeady explains himself very well. Naturally, that brings about a lot of conversations, especially when you've just drew 2-2 with Rochdale and lost on the Saturday. Should Aidan McGeady get back in the Sunderland squad? Um, <laughs> I'll give my opinion, and I think it is very much a Marmite opinion that everyone has with McGeady. But for me, um, you put him on the side any day of the week. He's the slow best player, far and wide. 
Um, I'm bored watching Sunderland since he's not been in the team. At least he gets me off my feet a little bit. And I don't think, unless you know what, unless what's been said behind closed doors is ten times worse. If that's what's actually happened, that he's just got standards, and he wants to see the players, you know, do better for themselves and for the club, then I've got no issue with that at all. Um, and if that is the case, then I'd, I'd rather have him in the squad for that, despite his talent. But, but Jack, what, what's your thoughts? Does McGeady should McGeady be given a chance? Could he? Be, well, he's not going to be given one. But I mean, what are your general thoughts on McGeady and the fact that he just basically doesn't exist? I think it's all well, expression is a cutting, cutting off your nose to spite your face a little bit. You know what I mean? I mean, if Parkinson. As I'd wanted to which was with McGeady, and he may have, you know, Parkinson may have a completely different side of the story. Um, that's fair enough. But you really, when you've got a talent, a player as talented as in McGeady at this level, unfortunately, the manager has to bite his tongue a little bit and think what's what's best for me as a manager and what's best for the football club going forward. And I think I just agree with what you're saying, um, Graham. I don't think what McGeady's allegedly actually come out and said, and again, it is all allegedly, you know, there's two sides to every story, but in terms of them having standards and, you know, wanting a little bit better, that's just basically what we've all said, really, isn't it? We, we, mm-hmm. should, we should be aiming to be getting promoted from this league. We should be aiming to be better winning football matches and not accepting this kind of second best. And I think it's 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 a culture that's ran through Sunderland for too long now, for maybe five, ten years, going back to just scraping by and parades around the pitch almost celebrated, you know, avoiding relegation from the Premier League and, do you know what I mean? And I think it's a culture of just happy to happy to get by, happy to get by. And oh, we'll come down to Championship, but it's okay because we win League One. And then, well, we're not getting promoted from League One, but it's okay because next year. Do you know what I mean? And how far before Sunderland fans say no? We're actually raising our standards a little bit and, and saying we want more for the football club. Do you know what I mean? We're not happy. We're, we're sick of this kind of just accepting you know low standards. And if that's what Parkinson's kicked off at, then I'm I'm fully team McGeady. Do you know what I mean? Because we should have higher standards. Players should be training correctly. Should be demanding more of the team uh, and each other. I haven't actually seen the the the, um, the interview podcast video, or whatever you want to call it, that McGeady did. So I, I I probably will watch it tonight. But I'm interested to see it because I think he's a really talented player. Like you say, get you off get you off your seat. He's creative. He goes past players at ease. He scores goals. He creates goals. He sets everything up. And I think you know teams are far better with someone like McGeady at firing. So it's up to Parkinson as a manager. He's under pressure, but it's up to Parkinson. To utilise his squad the best, and when you've got one of the best players not even featuring, it's, it just it screams stupidity to me. Sorry, on on Parkinson's behalf. Yeah, I mean, for the for the record, if anyone wants to watch it, he starts speaking about Sunderland for only about six to seven minutes, at about one minute thirty-two, and the thing that sometimes can be levelled at McGeady is he's very much about himself, and it's about him and him and him. And the thing that I really liked is he explains. Because I think Morgan actually said it was against Burton Albion, but it was the Accrington game, which was the Friday night when we drew 2-2. And he said, what actually happened is Jack Ross allowed, you know, other players come in and said, you know, say your piece if you've got anything to say. And he said, you know, basically, and this is only one version of the story, but this is when Jack Ross was saying, and Jack Ross never had a problem with McGeady, as far as I can tell. And he said... um, you know, I'm 33, as he was at the time. Um, like, I'm probably not likely to go above this level because of my age, but you should have aspirations to be or, or, or will have plans to go above that. Um, and if you can't hack Friday night against Accrington in, in the stadium light, you're not going to make it. And he's not wrong, and I don't think it's criticising anyone. I think he's trying to make people better in himself. And, and then the co-host, Paul Slane, sort of laughs about the fact that he says, oh, 2-2 against Accrington and, like, holds his hands out. But he goes, no, like, serious. Like, it's Sunderland. You, you, you can't be drawn against Accrington. And that's the thing. He's he's not speaking about, I'm unhappy to be associated with a team that draws with Accrington. I think he openly sees the potential that's within Sunderland. I mean, he joined us in the championship. And he quite openly says, you know, that's not right, drawn against Accrington, and the players need to have more about themselves. And if there's one thing Sunderland are missing at the minute is we've got nothing about ourselves, I think. Um, but I've ranted a bit there. Um, <laughs> Ian, Aidan McGeady, what, what's your thoughts? Anything different? Um, I, you know, I, 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 I've watched uh, the pod cast and um, what I was actually really taken by is that um, he does have a bit of a swagger. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a Glasgow boy. Uh, you could hear that um, their sort of banter, and it was very natural with um, the the three of them. That that's 
that's how that's how Scottish uh, or or Irish footballers. Um, <laughs> oh, we're God. we're going to be getting complaints now, aren't we? Jesus. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah. That, that I took it from it was like I, you know before I did what I did, I worked in a in a call center, and he's got that kind of Glasgow call center attitude. Goes for a drink on a Friday, Saturday, yeah, yeah. but like ban- banters his mates up and yeah. stuff like that. He just seems like a good lad. Yeah, yeah, but. But I was actually really sort of taken by, spoke about his, um, you know, coming through at um, their Celtic, 18-year-old, they're the manager at, at, uh, they're the time, and from what he said, he's all, he'd, he'd always played in the um, their sort of number 10, part of, he's part of the first team squad, there the manager says, uh, this season you're actually going to play out on, on um, they're the left as, as a their sort of winger, and you know, you know, the conversation was like, well, you know, how 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 did you feel about that? He's like, I'm I'm the eighteen. I'm I've I've been basically told if I want want to play for Celtic, I'll I'll play on the, the left wing. Uh, you know, he absolutely jumped at it. You know, um, and he he spoke about going into that first team squad because you know Celtic was a good side at that point. You know, lots of yeah. really good you know players. Um, and he he thrived, and he was able to you know be himself and understand what the level of sort of working was to be you know part of of that squad. Um, you know, and I was actually really sort of taken by that that side of it. Yeah, I, I honestly thought the whole podcast he came across really really well, and um, someone that I, I listened to the whole way through it. I mean, it's the consensus in between all of us. As a side note on the Open Goal podcast, because actually they've had a lot of um, um, uh, it's weekly, isn't they're it? They're sort of Sunderland, you know, con content. Yeah. Um, I'm just glad that basically the pubs are shot at the moment in the northeast because um, Danny Graham. Uh, I don't know what kind of state he would be in. Um, yeah. after listening to that. <laughs> I thought that I was I found myself sort of laughing at what he was saying and then thinking, Oh my god, you literally your first fellow Sunderland was just getting drunk. Yeah. Like, is that the problem? And you know, he told loads of stories about just last day season at their Blackburn and he was still getting absolutely, you know, slaughtered. So Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that was I think that was partly the reason that Tucano was brought in around that time, wasn't it? I think there was an idea that there was this drinking culture around Sunderland. We were known as a drinking club, him and Fletcher and one or two others. And he cut them all's big names being mentioned is going out a lot. And I'm not that I'm blaming Martin O'Neill, but I think Martin O'Neill was a little bit more relaxed in terms of his more hands off. I don't know, but from what I heard, snippets from bits and bobs of people that are kind of ITK in the North type thing. Um, Martin O'Neill wasn't, he was rarely at training. He was a bit more hands off, let the players deal with it, delegating a lot. I think footballers being footballers, they give, you give you gave them six inches and they took probably, you know, five yards. You know what I mean? It was like, yes, he's not there, so I can go out and drink three, four times a week. I think that was partly the reason that Tecanio was brought in, wasn't it? To try and tie those players down discipline. But then we went from one extreme to the other, whereby he's like running them up and down hills four times a day. You know what I mean? So That was a, that, you could tell it was a culture shock with that. There's a, a funny story yeah. about Stephen Fletcher booked a whole day ago to Dubai because he was injured or something and Decani was like kicking off because he was late and he was just like, you didn't even ring us to congratulate us on the job. And like, <laughs> Stephen Fletcher's like, I, <laughs> I haven't got your number. Like, <laughs> and he's like literally going off it. But I can't look at Decani without thinking of bananas these days. Um, <laughs> moving away from Sunderland, I was so slightly, probably, probably asking a question that I know the answer to here, but um I'm going to be open and honest here. I'm I'm losing a bit of interest watching games on the internet. Um, it's just not the same, and it's got to the point where I'm like, Ugh, I can't. I just kind of get this. I, I don't jump up. And, I haven't hugged anyone when we've scored for months. Um, Jack, I'll come. I'll come to you with this one first, mate. Um, is football like losing all feeling without fans at the game? I don't think it's losing all feeling um, because, you know, we're still, obviously we're still interested, we still spent half an hour discussing the perils and, and wisdoms <laughs> and, and, and downsides of Sunderland, haven't we? So yeah. I don't think we've lost interest yet, but I know what you mean. It has my, it has kind of tempted things and you're looking at things into perspective a little bit more, don't you, is what's happening as a country and 
you know, you're not seeing friends and family. And I do think something like this does put things into perspective. I'm Sunderland daft. I love Sunderland with a poor woman away. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure you two are the same. Um, and I, I know what you're saying. I'm still a big Sunderland fan. I still want us to do well. But I think it has affected things a little bit in terms of football as it is in this country. I mean, we've still got a huge following and everything. But do you think of the changes that have been made in the last six months now in terms of real changes? You're talking about structural changes within the FL and the Premier League. There's a lot changed since fans were last allowed back in the, in the stadium. Um, you know, in terms of you know teams going up and down as well. So I think it has changed and it has it has made it, it's definitely not as good. But I'm I'm still clinging to the, the passion a little bit. I'm I'm still hoping that you know something can do well. And, you know, hope for the best every game we watch basically. But I know what you mean. It's it's not quite the same. I actually laughed when Charlie White scored yesterday. <laughs> like I had like a little. <laughs> he's done it again. Like <laughs> and but like. <laughs> If uh, anyway, um, yeah, Ian, do you think that uh, obviously football's not the same? But how are you feeling about it at the minute? Well, actually, I'm just I'm just going to pick up on your Charlie White comment there because uh, I wouldn't be surprised if um, this is the season that the Charlie White scores over you know twenty goals and there's no one there to actually see it in the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> It's like an existing ghost season where like much like his uh much like his previous haircut it could no longer be seen by anyone. I thought of the bizarre um fact that the players who have signed on one one season deals could actually never spend, play in front of fans. Yeah, yeah, never actually play in front of the fans. It's, Which is probably a good thing for some of the minute. Let's be honest, because some of them are going to get lynched. And let's be honest about that. Well, that. It does. It does make you think, though, doesn't it? Because a lot of the time we will have such a passionate voice, vociferous, you know, loud, noisy, in, in into the game support fan base. You know what I mean? And for some people took the attitude that'll be a miss because you know teams that have only got five thousand fans haven't got thirty thousand, thirty-five thousand that we have. And then there's some that said. Well, actually, it might be a good thing. The you know we might do better, and the fans aren't getting on the back as much. And really, hasn't we're still exactly in the same position? It hasn't made us worse or better, as it was still suddenly we're still you know going from one extreme to the other. So you know, I think it's great to have the fans back. You know, it would be great when we get back. But in terms of affecting how good our players are and how well our team does, maybe the fans aren't as influential as we all think. Yeah, we all like to think we're important, but we're all just yeah. nothings. Tell you what, it's Does funny my- though. It doesn't matter how much you shout at Charlie White, I'll get, I'll get behind him. He's still, you know, enjoying He's still Charlie White. What made me laugh a lot, though, was I quite like the crowd noise, right, when I'm watching it. I quite like it. So, like, I think that doesn't help when I'm watching the Sunday game because it's not there. And I like Frankie and Danny commenting. I actually do. Um, I actually really like them. But, like, some... <laughs> The fact that there's like no one there kind of puts me off a bit. I think that's killing us. But I watched the uh, obviously we discussed it in the last podcast. But I watched the old firm game back again because I taped it. And I watched it back and like there's no songs being sang. <laughs> it's like it's like the radio edit playlist. That just made me laugh. Just a point. Um, we're going to change things up a little bit. I've I've we've been discussing moments in football, but I knew this one was going to be strong Sunderland, and the rest of football has been pretty crap. Um, if I'm if I'm honest, there's been nothing massively happened. If I've missed something, I'm sorry. Obviously, it wasn't that interesting if none of us picked up on it. Um, so we're going to try something a bit different. If this goes well, brilliant. If it doesn't, then fair enough. Sorry. Um, we're going to do hero of the week, villain of the week, Scottish football moment of the week. That's going to stay. Um, <laughs> and a result of the week. But um, I'll come to you first, Jack. Um, who's your hero of the week? Well, I just, it's a bit of a kind of um, off, off kind of story here, but um, my hero of the week is, I don't know if you've seen on the news today in Darlington, there was a mural done of the first black footballer who's called Arthur Wharton. Um, and he was actually, believe it or not, he was the first black professional footballer in any format of the game. Um, I don't, well, I can't say professional, I don't know if he's professional, but first black footballer in, in, in any format of any game anyway. And it, he actually came over to do missionary work and ended up in Darlington of all places. Um, and um, he stayed in Darlington, played football for Darlington. And what they've done is they've kind of 
paid tribute to him by putting his, his um, face on a mural, on a big mural in Darlington. I think it's excellent. I think something like that, such we don't live in a particularly ethnically diverse area, but someone that figures figures in Darlington's history and also in um, the history of black athletes, you know, in terms of how important it would have been at that time to do that. And a lot of the um, black athletes were coming out saying, you know, thank you, Arthur Wharton, for kind of paving the way. People like um, Mo Farah, Usain Bolt, um, Marcus Rashford uh, were, were coming out to it and, and just, you know, done a little snippet saying thank you, Arthur Wharton. So I thought that was a really nice story, uh, particularly in quite divisive as a country at the minute politically and the whole, yeah. you know, which, which side of the, the COVID argument on are you a non masker <clears throat> or are you a masker? Do you know what I mean? And I think a story like that, particularly in the North East, that hit home to me. Imagine what you had to go through at that time. You know, you know, there's still still elements of division within the society now. And I think it was the late 1800s, early 1900s, or something. This was. I just thought it was a nice story that they're paying tribute to someone like that who's quite an important figure, particularly as what's gone on with the Black Lives Matter movement in America and the UK at the moment. I thought it was a nice story. Is that part of um, Black as a Black History Month? I think so. Yeah, I yeah. think that, I, I, I must admit I didn't see the full story. I just saw a little, a little bit of it, but I thought you know that that was good. I know it's kind of nothing to do with now, really, because you played 100 years ago. But yeah, the mural that went up it looked looked like a good mural. Look, however, done it, it captured him quite well as well. From a totally different point entirely, you're saying there you're a mask person or you're not mask person. I'm 100% a mask person, but it's for a very different reason. I've realised you can call people names in the shops. <laughs> you know, when you go to the shop, like. <laughs> Someone walked in front of us and kind of like was a bit too close. And I was like, oh man, F off. Like, and I kind of mouthed it and I was like, he doesn't know and I've just said it. So like, like when you were at school, when the yeah. teacher, you know. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> like I'm kind of on board with masks probably forever, if I can do that, probably forever. Um, and because I'm getting older, obviously I'm getting grumpier. So naturally I'm going to be doing it to a lot more people. Um but but Ian, uh, who's who's your hero of the week? Um, there's really just one one standout uh, this sort of candidate, and uh, unfortunately, not, <laughs> uh, not this week, mate. No. <laughs> um, next week, George. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he comes back, he has a storm of these, uh, you know, pinging balls in the feet, and uh, yeah, aha. Uh-huh. Um, no, just um, and actually. This kind of touches on something that, that sort of Jack said as well, that uh, um, really the hero of this week, um, and it's for non-football reasons, but it is Marcus the Rashford. I thought you were going to say Stuart, damn. I thought Marcus Stewart <laughs> had done, thought he'd done something interesting. I was like, what's Marcus Stewart done? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Well, Seriously. Marcus Stewart was, you know, class, uh, you know, super player. Oh, miles better than Marcus Rashford. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, just you know, someone who's actually taken it on himself, a young, a young man, um, who's had to work hard, um, and you know, you can see his values and saying that actually, I don't want, I, I don't want the children of uh, this sort of Britain, you know, going, you know, hungry, you know, something. What a novel, I- what a novel idea! Eh? Yeah, <laughs> I don't want kids to starve. Cool. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> you know, and actually, loads of people have rallied around it, and he's and he's uh, you know he's he's making that statement. He's at loggerheads with our uh, government, and uh, but actually, it's nice to see him taking this lead, and actually, so many other people following it and saying, you know, this is the right thing. Yeah, you know what? He's, in, yeah. he's It's not just him doing it as well. It's, it's obviously inspiring people. Um, we had a collection for food at uh, Middlesbrough Women uh, at home this week. And I, I swear it was like there was so much stuff from people that were willing to help out. And, and Ben, the chairman, has gone around and delivered them today, I think. And, you know, people who think people are embarrassed to ask for help. You can you can see it because obviously I'll see the messages. You can see it in the people asking, like, thinking, oh, don't ask, like it feels daft. And it's like, but people are like kind of struggling that much, they need to ask. Um, but like what Marcus Rashford's doing is inspiring other people and it's allowing, you know, and not just middles, but women, other clubs as well. And just because obviously that's a club that's close to my heart and I work within. Um, to say, like, yeah, you know what, we actually can make a difference here. We get 150 people at a game, but 150 people, if they bring one tin, there's 
we can maybe feed a couple of people. Obviously, people are far more generous than that. But um, yeah, you know, you know, my hero of the week's Marcus Rashford as well. Um, I quite enjoyed the fact that a lot of people were saying you should stick to the football, and then he went and done PSG over, and was just like, well, looks like you can do both lads, um, <laughs> which I thought was quite good. But onto the probably one of the most interesting bits. I'm interested for this. Who's your Who's your villain of the week, Jack? <laughs> It would be easy to say Phil Parkinson running after the two episodes, <laughs> the collective Sunderland AFC players. Um, I'm sorry to keep getting turned political out for the last five minutes, but I think, you know, just touching on the whole food, you know, kids' food debate, I think any um, any politician, you know, be it, you know, Conservative, Labour, whoever they are, any politician that voted down or voted against the motion to, 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 to help the, the kids during half-term, I think really need to have a look at themselves really i think you know people are saying you know it's not the government's duty to feed children possibly but it's not the government's it, it you could argue that with a lot of things it, it's not is it the government's duty to provide health care we've got a fantastic nhs do you know what i mean you could argue you know what why don't people pay and i think if we start saying it's not the government's duty to do this it's not the government's duty to do that i think we go down a very murky and horrible horrible path do you know what I mean suddenly we don't want to turn into this rugged individualistic society whereby nobody looks after each other and nobody helps out one another there's no community spirit that sounds like a horrible horrible place to live and I think that the politicians that have voted down on that motion want to turn us into that they don't want any community spirit they don't want people helping out and you know and, and helping those that are vulnerable and you know, that frustrates me so I think any any politician that kind of voted against that I think really need to have a look at themselves why you're in politics are you there to make a difference to the young people or are you there just to serve, 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 serve your own needs, you know what I mean? And I think that was a real shame that we've had to be in this as a, as a country, you know, it's, it's just a shame. You've made it really difficult for me to have a villain of the week now because if I have anyone other than MPs who, like, voted to not feed children, it just feels a bit petty, doesn't it? It's like, oh... <laughs> That Jacob Murphy, because he scored for the Mags. Oh, he's worse than <laughs> them plumbing MPs. But yeah, mine's Jacob Murphy. I don't like Jacob Murphy. He scored for the Mags against Wolves, and it just annoyed us. I was yeah, just like... What annoyed me, Graham, was how soft was that ball? That was such, it was one of the softest goals I think I've ever seen. All he literally did was bend it around the wall. Where's, what's the keeper doing, firstly? What's the wall doing, secondly? And... Just it's wound me up at Newcastle got a point from such a soft goal like that. It's a deal with the devil they've got, honestly. Like, if if they if anything they like, we beat them six times in a row. So you think, hang on, God likes us, it's all right. But then we get relegated two divisions and they get a laugh at us forevermore. Do you know what I mean? It's like they've got this deal with the devil where it always works out. <laughs> it, the thing with me with Mike Ashley is he came out this week. Did you see this, Ian? And yeah. Jack, he came out this week and he was like. Oh, it's shocking that people are making them pay. And I was like, no way are you doing that. <laughs> like, I can't tell if he's serious or not. Um, Ian, we're going to pretend that Mike Ashley is your hero of the week. Um, <laughs> what, what's your, what, what were your thoughts on that, by the way? Um, I'm actually, I was, I was actually worried if um, the, the press had got, you know, real Mike Ashley mixed up with, um, their money by Cashley on, uh, on Twitter. Twitter. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know what? He, you know, Ashley is a smart man, you know, you know, business wise. He's, you know, he's done well for himself. Um, now, now, there's a huge amount of, you know, grumblings about, obviously, um, you know, Newcastle fans have not got, you know, you know, refunds on their sort of tickets. And, um, you know, what actually has a fair point, it's like, um, with the, you know, dare I say it, I mean, with the resources that are thrown at the Premier League, um, and so, like, you know, um, you know, watching the highlights on their match of the day is not the same as watching highlights on... Um, uh, their quest, isn't it? So quest, right? So so match of the day, you know, you know, multi-camera angles, commentators at every ground, um, you know, excellent setup that you know Premier League fans are used to, you know, um, and watching watching the games over at the, the the telly, you know, it's brilliantly set up, um, but. 
you know, how how much more money do people have have to pay? That's that's the thing, isn't it? Like, um, notion's crazy. Like, yeah, it's Premier League fans if they want to follow their team, um, however much Sky is, you know, BT, uh, you know, I think um, they sort of Amazon will have some of those, you know, games, but you obviously still have have to subscribe to that, um, and you know, you know, like. You know, the likes of Burnley fans are moaning because they're, you know, they were only going to be on, you know, TV sort of twice. Um, so that's another four games. Um, and if you're a Burnley fan, if you have to see it, that's another £60. You know, that's a huge amount of money. Um, Serves some right for Sean Dyche. <laughs> Wasn't he a well, few weeks ago being like, I'm not giving any money yet. Well, I'm not giving any money to anybody. I'm giving my money to no one. Do you want Sean Dice impression? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well lads, well, lads, I think we played quite well today. You know, uh, we, we deserved something from the game. But uh, when you've got Harry Kane and him one son, you know, they kill her 10 minutes ago. I think we deserved a point today. And uh, very disappointed that we're not coming away with anything. Uh, why, did, <laughs> why, why is he like the most. Like, is the, the things that he say, has been saying during this whole pandemic. It's so on Sean Dyche. Like I know we've covered this, but it just it just annoys us. <laughs> um, did we choose a villain of the week for you, by the way? You know, did it just decide it was Mike Ashley? Um, yeah, and then and then we actually decided that Mike Ashley was all right. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on swiftly because we've messed that one up, and this was a trial run. <laughs> Res- result of the week. I'll I'll go first with this one. Right, so. I was born in Sunderland, but I spent most of my life in, in South Shields. Um, and they are in the first round of the cup, the beats FC Halifax or whatever. They also beat FC United in Manchester yesterday as well. So I went to university with a, a Shields fan. He used to go home and away and he'd be like getting in at like four in the morning, be at uni for like eight. Um, and it's just meant for him to like be in the first round of the, the cup. I don't know who they got, but like fair play to them for getting like that far. Cause I think it takes about hundred games when you're that far down to get like the first round of the, the FA Cup. So for me it's it's South Shields. Um I'm not a South Shields fan. I'm not one of those guys. I'm something. But like fair play, I think for me that's probably my result of the week. Ian what, what's your result of the week? Um well I well yeah funnily enough you know but Talk about um, Shields and uh, smaller clubs doing really well, you know, and we all love that uh, underdog, as it were. But uh, um, so mine really, and this just happened last night, but um, you know, big, big up fair play to um, their sort of Wickham for getting their first ever point in, in the English Championship. No, <laughs> not Wickham, Graham's favourite, PBGFC. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't even hate Wigan. I despise Wigan. <laughs> it's like he's only said it to wind you up, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah, <laughs> I had a feeling. I did see that they got a result yesterday, and I was like, and I, "Oh, the positivity of Gareth Ainsworth." You know, I know my lads are like the proper all shit, and they're going to get beat every week. But I can feel they're going to turn them. O- they're going to turn a team over sooner rather than later. And I'm just like, "Shut up, man!" No, they're not. He went and got a dwarf Watford. I'm like, what are you doing? Stop this now. Like, get out of our home or whatever your stadium's called. What's their stadium called? Adams Park, and it? Adams Wiggins. Park, that's it. Yeah. P- PPG Park. Um, what? What? <laughs> I'm moving on from you, Ian. I'm, I'm not having that. <laughs> um, what, what's, what's your result of the week that isn't Wickham, Jack? Um, I was struggling for this one, Graham. I'm, I'm going to be honest, but I think... I think... The fact that Midland last night, I know they lost to Liverpool, so you can say, well, you're picking a loss, really. So I don't know if you kind of agree with that logic or not. But I look and until the 93rd minute, they were only 1 0 down, which again, the loss tonight, I appreciate people say, well, you're picking a team that lost. But I think when you look at their resources and the size of the club that they are, to take on the might of Liverpool, you know, one of the best teams in Europe, um, you know, Champions League winners the year before last. And you know, when you consider the talents that they have, only conceded the second goal in the 93rd minute. They lost 2-0, but they win the game, you know, until that time. And I know Liverpool without Van Dijk is not the same Liverpool, and I get all that and say for the third time they did lose. So I get that, you know, I get what people might say that 
you know, why, why are you picking a loss? But I think for them to stay competitive and give Liverpool a decent game like they did, uh, I expected it being an absolute walkover for Liverpool last night. So I think they've got to be given some credit. Um, I know they didn't get the results, but yeah, I think that was that was decent for them they're to make a, a game. They're a good wee model, though, them, aren't they? They have the same kind of model as Brentford. I think that's what Brentford modelled themselves on, basically. Like, yeah. the way it, it's not what they do. It's the money. Oh, the, I was going to say the football man. They look at football manager. That's not what they do. But it's kind of like they look at the stats. It's like Moneyball, isn't it? That's what it is. Yeah. It's Moneyball, and like they've gone proper far. I still kind of pronounce the name like, um, but they've gone really far. And to be fair, like yeah, yeah, Liverpool's a different kettle of fish. And even though Virgil Van Dijk has died, um, they're still All a good right. team. <laughs> All right, you know what I mean. All right, we've got to get that in every week. All right, B Virgil. Um, as I said earlier, we're going to have a Scottish football moment of the week because Scottish football loves to serve up classic moments. Now, I've got a bit of inside knowledge on this. So I film with a, a normal camera at Middlesbrough Women to film the game, but there was this fabulous, fabulous invention that I got to play with this week. It's called a VO cam. Um, if you want to give me any money off a VO cam VO for the ad free advertisement, you're welcome to do so. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, it's a camera that just you can just set it up, put it in a decent position, and it'll just follow <laughs> the ball. It's brilliant. Like it's it's such a good invention. It was great. I got to have a camera behind each goal and just leave the cap the, the match day camera to do what it wanted. Now at a lower league level, that's the best thing you can possibly have. So Inverness, I'm guessing, have a very similar idea. They mm-hmm. set up their camera this week to follow the ball. I'm guessing it was a VO or a version of it. Unfortunately for Inverness, the linesman was bald and looked like a football. <laughs> and the VO camera decided to follow the linesman instead. <laughs> and they missed a goal. Um, do, you, do you think that they need to invest in a new camera, Ian? <laughs> <laughs> is, that a, is that a flooring bio system you know what when I brought yeah you know what when I brought this one up and I was like oh no um, I love how in, in Inverness they just let it run didn't hmm? they they just let it run at Inverness like, that, that's Scottish football isn't it? if yeah. that was like anywhere in a bigger league they'd be like shit lads we need to change it Scotland <laughs> just went oh that's funny to be fair to be fair though and um I must admit, um, you know, and big up to actually all of the Scottish football league sides because they've all set up streaming services for this um, their season now. Um, out with the the SBL and about half of the Scottish Championship, these clubs are tiny. You know, they oh. really are. You know, um, and basically they've all gone out and got one camera. You know, like you described, Graham. So, so it's a single you know. camera, you know, for the whole side, uh, for the whole um, um, this sort of ground. Um, so it's not like anybody, and I doubt very much that there's much, you know, that you know, sort of editing or anything that's really going on on these, you know, streams. I am going to have to, uh, for research purposes, I am going to have to um, uh, pay for 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 a. Um, uh, our growth game just to you know check how out much, what they're how much are they charging? Um I've seen well I do I do know that our growth are actually charging their ten pounds. So a tenner? Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Blumin egg. Steep. Yeah, that's quite I am up oh I don't know, am I being judgy there by because is our growth worth ten pounds? Don't, yeah, um, don't come across as a snob, do you? Like one of those. Yeah. Snobs. I'm just realizing, like, oh, bro. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> well, Any you know what? Oh. To, be, to be fair, though, I'm only going to buy it once, and I am waiting for the likes of um, uh, their sort of Dunfermline or uh, their Dundee to you know, come along so it's at least a half decent game. But. Um, no, I've seen I've I've seen some league I've seen some league cup matches advertised for seven fifty, but uh, nice wee know, discount. But uh, yeah, sort of ten pounds seems to be there the going rate. There's a there is there is a story now. This happened about three weeks ago, um, and um, if 
if you're not aware, and I would imagine most sort of listeners aren't aware of the, the geography of, of where I live. So, um, so Arbroath is part of um, the uh, Angus, that's our uh, best sort of county. Now, Angus is really lucky to have four uh, their football league, um, their teams in it. So, um, and apart from occasional uh, their sort of championship seasons, all four teams basically play in, in either League One or or sort of two. So there's loads of local derbies going on. That's so, uh, and I mean you could have a season where you've got like a local derby every every other week, basically. So, um, you know, you know, loads of it goes on. Um, anyway, the spicy one for our growth is against Montrose. Um, and Arbroath's League Cup opener was indeed against them on their shows at uh, um, the Gayfield. Smoky um, Joe was well up for that one. <laughs> oh, it's a fight. It's it's a feisty, I tell you. It's a good cool. one. So so Arbroath got their streaming, you know, going. So 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 they had that going. A single camera setup. Um, they were charging £10 for it, and actually I can imagine there would have been lots of Arbroath and uh, the Montrose fans who would actually pay for that. You know, it is a, it is, it is a spicy derby. Um, Arbroath's camera failed about oh, no. 10 minutes into the first half, uh, and that was the end of the stream, basically. So, <laughs> was, it just, was it just people, like, like a, a video of the camera of people just going, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. Stop working, and Arbroath, um, they sort of tweeted and basically say, "Sorry, the camera's broken." So, so, <laughs> so it's knackered. A pigeon's run off with it. <laughs> Have you noticed? Just to end on this, when when the um, when the stream gets knackered on the Sunderland stream, or if there's any kind of problem, I love it how Frankie just deflects blame away from himself immediately. He's like, <laughs> I don't control the cameras. I'm just watching the same stream as you. So if there's something knackered with it, it's it's, it's, at, it's at the other ground. It's, it's not me. It's because he me. knows what Sunderland Twitter's like, Graham. That's what that is. He knows what the link from outside his house. That's why. <laughs> he does. It's just like, it's not me in case there's like a little, like, Another wayside Jack just sat outside of his house, being like, "The stream wasn't working, you bastards!" Uh, Night on... when he comes out, he's from Dorset. I still think he lives. In, he lives in the northeast, doesn't he? Probably lives in the city Sunderland somewhere, man. So you pronounce <laughs> he knows Jamali it. wrong. <laughs> yeah, he knows it. I'm, I'm, I think my um, my Scottish moment of the week, Graham. Um, I think I've just I've just seen that apparently um, both. Uh, well, if Schumann Celtic and Rangers finish in the top two, which you know, check, you know. <laughs> I'll oh, stick yes. a minute out to say they are, but I think they're getting an extra Champions League spot under the qualifying stage. So I think both Celtic and Rangers, whichever way they finish one or two, I think they're both going. You know, obviously they're going to have to go through qualifying rounds, which both of them, both sides of the old firm, have struggled with the qualifying over the past few years. So that's no guarantee they will get through to the Champions League. But yeah, the fact that both of them could potentially be in the Champions League, I think, is good for Scottish football. My Scottish knowledge isn't as good as yours or um, or Ian's in terms of the lower league. So you know, a lot of my Scottish is kind of old firm in SPL, but I think it'll be good for them too. And it'll be good to get more money into uh, into the SPL if they're doing well and transfer other players. I know it doesn't really filter down with the other SPL teams, but I think you know if Celtic and Rangers are doing well, you know it, it can be it could be potentially a good thing. Oh, it's the, yeah, yeah, I quite like that. Celtic... And maybe Defoe's goal as well for him. I know, oh. I know he's a Rangers, but I know he's Rangers, and you know, but Defoe's still a legend in my eyes. That ball was a superb finish, wasn't it? The way he touched it and that's my hero of the week. JD, I've totally forgot about that. That's my hero of the week. Like, I know Rashford's done some good stuff, but Jermaine Defoe's another level. Um, sorry, Marcus, <laughs> but and you helped feed all those kids, but you didn't score a goal like Jermaine, did you? So... <laughs> You're not Jermaine Defoe. We didn't score against the Mags and then score goals for Rangers. And you, you're a nice lad, but you're not JD. There's one. It was a superb thing. finish. I must not agree because it was a superb finish. I can't deny that. Absolutely evergreen, supremely fit, and an absolute god. I, th- I hope he plays these 60. Um, probably can. He's probably good, mate. Probably right? fit, yeah. Probably fit enough. Be fitter than me. Um, right, lads. Thanks so much as always. Thanks for coming back and discussing their uh, stuff. <laughs> yeah, stuff. no worries. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed stuff it. Basically, as always. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Cheers.